You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. I think you think you know what I'm going to say, audience, but I'm not going to start it off with I'm excited, but of course I am because I have a founder of a company. She's the founder of Relive, Natalie Barbu, with me here today. Natalie, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So founding a company is is, is exciting, but it's a tough road. You got to raise some money. So how did you get the, why this company? And then we'll get into the, the you know, the hard road of, of raising money and, and starting a company. Yeah. So I actually started um, as a content creator. So that's my background. I've been doing content creation for the past 12 years. And I had a pain point of being a full-time creator of using all of these different tools to manage my business. So I was using um, a bunch of spreadsheets, notes on my phone, project management tools, content planners, and I just knew that there needed to be something better out there for a content creator like myself and someone on social media. And so I looked for something, I asked friends, and there was nothing out there that really helped me address this problem of using all of these tools, having things slip through the cracks and being pretty disorganized as a creator trying to run this as a business. And so I decided how hard can it be? I want to start my own tool, um, start my own application. And so that's what Rella is, is that tool for creators to manage their content and their business anywhere from content planning to keeping track of revenue, keeping track of your income, um, brand deal deliverables, like working with organizing all of your brand deals. Um, And so, yeah, we started last year and it came out of a pain point that I had um, but we did need to raise money to bring it to life since it was an app and a software application. Um, but it was something I I didn't have any experience in, you know, the startup ecosystem prior to it. So it was definitely a learning experience starting it and still is. No, that that's so exciting. And and I like, you know, how you're starting the company. Every company I've ever started to this point uh, that has succeeded let me put it this way, yeah, succeeded really well, was a pain point. It was a problem that I had. I not a, either there wasn't enough people doing it, solving my problem, or they weren't solving it to the level that I thought it should be solved. And or they were solving it in such a small manner, but they weren't telling anybody that they could do it. So they really didn't have a business model that was, you know, to, that was scalable. So all those things would intrigue me. So Obviously, so you found Rella, and I'm thinking, you know, our little pre-interview, a lot of money needed to be raised, and a lot of money is, you know, any a hundred thousand dollars or more, it's not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, when you're asking somebody, hey, I need you to write a twenty-five thousand dollar check, fifty thousand dollars, whatever it may be, and no, there's no guarantee, and no, there's no collateral, and there's no, you know, it's no, you're betting on this idea working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very hard. And it's also something that unless you're in that world, you don't know about it. And no one teaches you unless you actually are working in it or you do the research yourself. So for me, I came from I, I worked at a consulting company prior to quitting my job to do content creation full time. And so I wasn't involved in the finance world. I didn't know venture capitalists. I didn't know angel investors. I didn't even know founders really. Like I did, I had to do a lot of networking prior to ever starting Rella 
to see how do I raise money? Like how have other people done it? What does that mean? What do these terms mean? Like what are even the definition of some words that I didn't know with raising money? Um, And so I had to do a lot of research, a lot of networking. And eventually we ended up raising a million dollars in our pre-seed round, um, all from traditional venture capital funds. So that was a really encouraging for us. But of course, you know that just because you raise money doesn't mean you have a successful company. So that was really the first step in continuing to build Rella. That's exciting. That's just so exciting. And to be able to raise a million dollars, somebody out there thinks that they're going to make a hundred times that. Yeah. And they will. Yeah. <laughs> because that's the only reason why they do it. Just for the audience, just to know when, when, when a venture capital puts up money, because there's some, they're not going to win on when they win, they have to win big because it's got to pay for the ones that didn't win. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's why a lot of tech companies do end up raising money and they'll raise large sums of money, like a million dollars, for example, because of all the capital you need to really scale it and make it grow to the point where it can be, you know, a billion dollar business and for them to a hundred times, you know, make, make a hundred X their, their return. And that's what they want. So what's probably the, what's the one thing that you would say to the audience if you need to raise money or, you know, kind of give us a, a two minute lesson on when you need, when you know you need to raise money and kind of what's the first couple steps. I think um, one thing is not every company needs to raise money. I think you should only raise money if you absolutely need that capital in order to scale and or in order to grow, because a lot of companies are bootstrapped and when you do raise money, you're giving up equity, you know, you're giving up control and you also have to, you know, rip, you're, you're kind of not working for your investors, but you're in a long-term commitment with these investors. And so you want to make sure that if you're raising money, you're doing it because you absolutely need the capital. So for us, we really needed that capital to to grow the, the company and to scale it and to hire developers. And, you know, I have two technical co-founders, but to grow the team as well and to onboard more users. So that's the first step with when you know you need to. Like I don't think traditional, you know, agencies might need to raise money or even some like consumer brands might not need to raise money. So always always kind of second guess yourself if you actually need to. But then once you decide that you are going to raise money, I think the first thing you should do is network because it's all about who you know. Um, and it's all about the story that you're telling and the relationship you have with these investors. So for me, I networked with so many founders that have raised money previously and a lot of investors. And it started out as just relationship building. I didn't initially come to them with, hey, here's my idea. Can you give me money? At first it was, hi, I'm a founder. I've, I've been a creator for 12 years. This was a pain point I had. I'd love to just tell you more about what we're doing and keep you in the loop. And it wasn't like we were demanding or asking for money right away. It was just telling our story and letting them get to know me. And so whenever we sent out investor updates, whenever we sent out, you know, here's here's where we are now, here's what we're working on, it continuously kept them informed and they saw our growth. So when we did actually want to raise money, we could come to them and say, hey, like I know we've been talking for a few weeks or months um, and we're actually ready to raise if you're interested. Here's our deck. would love to talk about it with you. That way it's not super cold where they have no idea who you are and you're just asking for money right away. And I think building relationships in this industry is so important. And if you look at everyone that's been funded, Unfortunately, it is a, you know, who, you know, situation. 
Yeah. However, I will say you don't need to know people prior. Like for example, me, I had zero connections when I started Rella. I didn't know a single founder, a single investor. I made those connections once I decided to start this company. So it's not like you have to already have that network. You can definitely build it. But I think that's the first step is building your network. No, that's that's good stuff. When when did you know? Because obviously you had a career, you mentioned having a career prior to content creation, but when did you kind of know, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to work for anybody. I always wanted to start my own business. I have, so since I've been on social media forever, I have videos of me when I'm 16 years old and I have videos of myself back then saying, you know, answering questions of what do you want to be when you grow up and what do you want to do when you're older? And I always would say, I want to start my own business one day. That's always something that I just wanted to do. And I was always that little kid that had, you know, random side businesses that I would start at home that would last for a month, you know, but just always trying to find a way to make money. And so I've, I always thought that I would, um, and I just didn't know what that business would look like. So when Rella had, when I started feeling these pain points of, you know, find it, trying to find a solution that worked for me and seeing that there was none out there, that that's kind of when the light bulb went off. And I said, you know, why don't I build this? And I was very naive. I didn't think it would be that difficult. I had no idea what went into building a tech company. I just knew that I had this, this pain point and I wanted to build a solution. So it, I started writing a document on everything that I wanted this app to look like. I started talking to developers. I started talking to other founders to see what their process was like, watching a ton of YouTube videos, listening to podcasts like this one. And it just snowballed. And once I started like speaking to developers and actually starting to work with them to build this MVP and this beta version, I realized, wait, this could actually be a company. Like at first, I thought this could be a project that I would just pay some developers. They would hand it to me and, and that would and be you it. You could use it for I, yourself. And a few exactly. Friends. Exactly. I was like, okay, cool. I'll use this. I'll, you know, promote it on my, my social media. Like, great. And then once we started working on it, I realized, oh no, this is actually a full-fledged company that has the potential to grow really big and service not only creators like myself, but even people that are like small business owners that are on social media. Like I saw the potential. And so I wanted to to run with it. And that's when it just snowballed. And I was like, okay, we're gonna make this into a company. I found co-founders started speaking to other people to try to raise. And then now we're about two years in. That is that is so exciting. So what is the one piece of advice? Okay, now I'm going to ask you two good questions because you're just got, <laughs> I can tell I'm going to get good answers. So what's the one thing you wish you would have known when you first got started that you know now? Yeah, I think the first thing is how much time it would take. Like I said, I thought that this would be a project that they could hand off and that's it. I didn't realize every that everything takes longer than you think it does. Um, and even with having, you know, developers as my co-founders, like things just take a long time. And when you're working with tech, there are a lot of bugs in the beginning that you need to work out. And I think I just, I didn't expect that. I thought that the first go around would be perfect. It would run super smoothly. We would launch very quickly. Um, and of course, with tech, things take longer. There are a lot of bugs. You need to fix them. You need to, you know, you're constantly getting feedback from your users. You can test it internally as much as possible. And then once, you know, you have thousands of people using it, you're going to find new bugs. So I didn't know that. And I wish that I did because I think it would have helped me um, kind of like set my re more realistic expectations. expectations. 
Yeah. So, so that would be one thing I would tell myself, like it takes time and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. And it's not a negative signal if things are taking time. And then what was your other question? What advice would I I give myself? Yeah. I love that because everybody, you know, I've always said this, it'll take twice as long as you think and cost twice as much as you think, no no matter what, no matter what, no matter what you think. So the net, what is the one piece of advice that you like to give aspiring entrepreneurs? Because now that you're doing this, I'm sure people ask you like, you know, what's a great piece of entrepreneurial advice? So what's your one piece of go-to advice? I would say launch before you think you're ready. So I, I think a lot of times, especially for us, I wanted it to be perfect before we launched. I didn't want to put it out there if there was any issues with it. And the reality is that there's always going to be something that's not perfect with anything that you put out. And also people, you need to start testing it as soon as possible. You might have an idea that people are going to love this and it's going to work. And you know, this is how people exactly how people are going to use it. And then when you release it, you're going to get so much feedback. And that's a good thing. That means people are willing to give you feedback. People are wanting to use it and wanting it to get better. So put it out there, even if the entire feature set isn't ready, even if it's not exactly what you pictured, because with any product, you're constantly going to evolve and you're constantly going to make it better. So as if you have that feedback coming in as early as possible, I actually think that that's um, really, really helpful and it's going to make your roadmap a lot clearer than you and your team figuring out the roadmap before anyone's even used the product. Because the second it's out in the market, you are everything's going to change. You might pivot, your roadmap's going to change, your timelines are going to change because you start seeing the way people are actually interacting with it and and their their opinions of it besides the team, which knows the product inside and out and knows the long-term vision. Your users are going to be really honest with you. And I think that sometimes people wait for perfection and then it, they just never launch and they spend so much money on something that they might end up you know, scrapping or changing quicker than they thought. And the part that you said there at the end, and that's what we end up doing. We, we Number one is for perfect, you spend too much money mm-hmm. because there's, there's, there's an adaption there. There's a pivot there that you can't see mm-hmm. and you think you've covered it. And so you spend all your money covering what you noticed. Then you throw it out to the marketplace and, and then, oh, wow, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And, and you don't have the cash. So yep. it's, you know, you got to, you got to keep a lot of gunpowder on the side because there's going to be, I, I, you know, what, everything you're saying is just so true that there's no, there's just, there's just never a perfect. Exactly. And, we, and it's, there's never a perfect time. So release as soon as you can, as soon as you have something usable that people can test. And that's also how you see if you have a real pain point, because if people are even excited to use something that's not perfect, that means that they're you know, desperate for a solution um, and that, you know, you can get better. So I think it's, it's, there's no, there's not as many negatives as there are positives to launching early when it's quote unquote, not ready. Because yeah, pe- customers, and you said that, well, you know, they, they know when you're on to something and if you're receptive, yeah. they become your biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I always say, if people are giving you feedback or people are even complaining, even saying, hey, this doesn't work or I don't like this, that means that they're actually willing to one, take time out of their day and like tell you so that you can get better. Or if they're complaining and saying, oh, this isn't great, they that means that they really wanted it to be a great solution. They were really looking for something like this. So please fix this and make it better. That's how I think of it. Because sometimes when I use apps, for example, that I don't really care about, I don't need, they don't make a difference if I use them or not. 
I will never give feedback. I will not give feedback. I won't write into customer service. I'll just delete the app and go on with my day because it didn't matter if it was on my phone or not, if it was part of my day or not, it doesn't matter. But if I really want something to work, then I'll take time and I'll, you know, reach out to customer service or I'll DM them on social media and say, hey, fix this because it actually makes an impact in my day. So even complaints I take as good signal as someone wants this product out there. It's good stuff. I have Natalie Barbu with me here today. She is the founder of Rella, and obviously she's got a couple of co-founders there with her as well. How can my audience connect with you? Uh, obviously, get this this app, and, and and you know, let's this is. I'm just wish you all the luck in the world, and and it looks like you have a pretty good strategy there. I like anybody who has a partner. I'm a big fan of having partners in business. I think it's one of the. I would say the the EM squared of 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 business is partnerships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't do it without my co-founders. So yeah, I'm, that, yeah, I, I, I'm I like so that grateful. That. That's so good. Yeah. So how can they connect with you? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Natalie Barbu, um, including LinkedIn. I've started to become more active on there as well. Uh, and then I do have a podcast as well. It's called The Real Real. R-E-A-L-R-E-E-L. -E -E um, and then Rella is on the app store or desktop. So you can just go to getrella.com. Audience, thank you so much for listening. This morning, the podcast was number four of all business podcasts, number one of entrepreneurship podcasts. When I launched it in 2018, I listened to it and so did my mom. Two of us, the first month, had no idea where it would end up. And that's a lot of times when you start a business, you, you never know. You, you throw it out there, you make some, you, as Natalie and I were talking about, you make some modifications, but so, the, sometimes what, what you never imagined in a million years ends up happening, but you got to get it out there. <laughs> you you got to get it out there. And so I, I really hope you take that advice. I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast brought to you by Gig Strategic the best digital marketing company. And why do I say that? Because my companies use M34% growth over the two, the hardest time of the year for us in 2019. Incredible company. So if you're not growing the way you should, reach out to Gig Strategic. Thank you again for listening and we'll talk real soon.